The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Acunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Well, welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on this Mother's Day. David, do you have anything you want to say? Happy Mother's Day, Mom and Grandma and Grace. All right, and happy Mother's Day to my mother as well. Yeah. And uh, she's only been my mother for 57 years. I think she's... How old are you? 57. Oh, okay. Yeah. Given, get, doing a good job. All right. So um, let's get started with maybe uh, somebody wants to buy a house today for... To host Mother's Day brunch. To host Mother's Day. Yeah, host Mother's Day next Soon. year. Yeah. Uh, I've got some numbers. By the way, if you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text in on the Acuna Mortgage Talk and Text Line, which is 414-799-1620. All right, so I've got the numbers for April home sales, David, and I'll try to run through them as efficiently as possible. This is for the five-county metro area, and they come from the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors, MLS, Multiple Listing Service, of which I'm a member. Mm -hmm. So let's start with a bright spot for home shoppers. New listings of single-family homes were up. That's up. That's more. 4.2% 4.2% more people listed their homes for sale last month than they did in April of 2018. That means 2,286 new listings came on the market, 92 more than last year. However, year-to-date listings are down 7.5%, which is 633 fewer listings over the entire five-county area. You have a comment? Single-family and condo? Nope, just single-family. Single-family. I've got condo coming okay, up. Okay, okay. Thank you. You're a regular Ed McMahon. Yes. Now, what about closed sales for single-family homes last month? Uh, down 8%. That's that's less bad mm. than March okay. when they were down 17.5%. So we're less bad. Just under 1,500 home buyers and home sellers made it to the closing table to buy a single-family home. That's 127 fewer than last year for the whole five-county Milwaukee area. Year-to-date single-family homes are off by 10%. Ouch. Uh, Median sales price in the five-county area for a single-family. I bet it's pretty strong. It is. $240,000 in April. That's up 11% from a year ago. That's Uh, the demand side of that equation. That is the demand side, and that's up uh, $13,000 from March. Over in the condo column, uh, sales last month were mm, down 11% okay. versus April a year ago. But new listings were even. Just a whisker, two more people listed their condos for sale. 432 new, new condo listings. Year-to-date condo sales are off 12.3% or 140 closed sales. Listings are down 11% year-to-date, 192. All right, so how tight is the supply and demand? I took a look at that. It, it really varies, folks. By price segment. Of course. Right? And so remember, a three-month or less supply is considered a seller's market where mm-hmm. the seller has the power. Four to six months is balanced, and over a six-month supply is a buyer's market. So all the way from 70000 up to three forty nine nine, it's definitely still a seller's market. And a lot of the price ranges within that broader 70 to 349 group have less than a two-month supply. Right. A lot of one-point somethings. Yeah. From 350 up to 49.9, it's a 3.3-month supply, so at the very low end of balanced. 
Uh, when you get from 450 to 749.9, it's a five-month supply. So okay. kind of right in the middle of balanced. And then, of course, 750 and up. It's like an 8.5 months. Of buyer's market. Buyer's market. Yep. So you know what? The problem, if you're looking for a $300,000 yeah, house, just, just buy it. a $600,000 exactly. one. And, you know, it's Easy all good. Easy peasy. Uh, over in condo world, uh, we've got a seller's market from 30000 all the way up to two seventy five. With a lot of those with under a two-month supply, yeah, balance from two seventy-five to three fifty in the condo market. Again, this is for the whole five-county southeastern Wisconsin area, and then a seven-month supply from three fifty to four forty-nine nine. But then, back to a balanced supply when you get a little pricier, from four fifty to seven forty-nine. It's about a four-point-five-month supply. I huh. thought that was interesting. Yeah. And of course, over seven fifty, you get back up over that eight month supply. So, the problem though with my numbers, and, and by the way, I should have said I, I was looking at um, the demand side. I was using May sales from last year because I think that is a truer representation of demand of I, inventory. And then I was using current inventory as of this morning. Yeah. But what's the appetite and what's available? But uh, when you run this particular report out of the MLS, it gives you all active listings. And what's the problem with the active listing count? Well, it does, it includes offers or houses that already have an accepted offer. Correct. So it's really even tighter. But I don't know if maybe over time in memoriam, when, when the realist, the National Realtors Association says, you know, there's a three month supply. Are they or are they not including uh, listings that have offers? I don't know. I will try to find that out sometime. Okay. But uh, if you're in the affordable price ranges, let's say 350 and under, or and it really depends on the community because affordable in Brookfield, you know, is probably under 500 mm-hmm. versus affordable in the city of Milwaukee is under 200 yeah. or something like that. So it is location and price range specific. It's a battle. Uh, if you are out there <clears throat> as a buyer right now. I have someone who uh, was writing on a $450,000 house in Menominee Falls, at least six other offers already. Woof. So and just com- hot, competition, they lost. Uh, they home, lost. They have a home sale contingency. Oh, the proverbial kiss, the kiss of, of death. death. Yeah. And and that is what is holding a lot of sellers back. Anecdotally, I just I heard another story. I'll, you know what? I'll tell you that story uh, when we come back for, from this first break. You are listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And along with uh, son David Wickert here, our our loan consulting manager and uh, loan consultant himself. So uh, we were talking before the break about why people are not listing and you mentioned david that you had a buyer who is writing offers contingent on the sale of their existing home and guess what not winning do they have any other option could they no because they can't afford to swing both houses okay and and so your other alternative there is to um suck it up and realize okay i'm going to sell my house first and i'm going to move in with a relative or go rent an apartment. And I have a, a couple that is going to do that. 
they're just like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to sell this condo, yeah. and then we're going to move in with my, I forget if it's a mother-in-law Ugh. or my sister or something like that, and and then we're going to find a place, yeah. and it's going to be It'll less be, stressful be for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people can't do that. So I was talking to a real estate agent who happens to be uh, representing the seller on a, traction, on a transaction where we're financing the buyer. And we were just chatting, and, you know, how tight is the market? She says, oh, man, I've got an elderly couple that needs to sell their home, and uh, and, and and they want to downsize to a condo. Okay. And, of course, she's written a couple of offers contingent on the sale of their home, which is going to sell fast, but nobody wants to accept the contingent offer. Yeah. And so she, they own their existing home free and clear. Wow. And so I said, well, what about a bridge? Well, she talked to somebody, and they're going to charge $1,500, which is not uncommon for a bank to charge a fee because the loan may only be around for a month. Correct. You know, they're only going to make one month of interest, and they've got to make some money. But I connected her with a bank that we know of where you can get a bridge loan. If it's less than 240 if the loan amount is less than two forty nine nine. Uh, the fees are pretty low, 250 bucks to the bank. Um, hopefully you don't need an appraisal if they get an automated valuation mm-hmm. uh, hit and just a letter report on title. So you're looking at less than, you know, 400 bucks. Yeah. And so hopefully that To get at the money in your house ahead of time. Correct. A bridge loan helps you extract the equity from your current property and use it as the down payment. It's like getting proceeds from the sale early. 80% yeah. of the of the value is what uh, most banks will go to on a bridge loan. So that's really you know essential. Those are your two choices. A bridge loan, you know, or or maybe you don't even need the bridge loan, right? But you're willing to carry the costs of two properties at the same time. Correct. In some cases like with this elderly couple, they need the money for the down payment. For the down payment. Yeah. Um, or you sell and you move in with relatives or you rent an apartment while you look for the new house. I consulted with a, a friend uh, recently to that same effect because they're looking to downsize as mm-hmm. well. And for them, they could do a bridge loan and because they are downsizing, extract enough equity from that bridge loan cash. to pay cash. Yeah. So that, you know, if it's all borrowed money, you have a free and clear, you know, next house. Yep. And then maybe you're not feeling as rushed to sell the one that you're that living you're in, in now and you can spruce it up and try to get max So it's about hours. understanding your options and not just dismissing things out of hand. You know, for example, if this elderly couple says, no, $500 in bridge loans is still too much, well then, you know, it's a real problem for a realtor, by the way. You know, when somebody insists on, okay, let's write another offer contingent upon the sale of my home. It's like, how many times are we going to do this? Right. You know, because How many times you can put your hand on the stove top? Uh, on the stove. Ouch, that's a bad thing. So I feel... I have empathy for real estate agents out there in working in this environment because you got to have a lot of at-bats before you get a hit. Well, and this is what we've done even with home buyers in the realm of offer above the asking price. Let yeah. us quantify, you know, if, if real estate agents don't want to mm, be the bad guy necessarily, mm-hmm. let's hop on a three-person phone call. Well, just to describe like, okay, you can... This is what that means. Right, or in the example of if you write above the asking price for every thousand dollars you write above, it's four five, or five dollars, five bucks on your monthly payment. If you know your game plan stays the same, so you either pay five thousand more dollars for the house and twenty five more dollars per month, maybe, or you don't get the house. That's which, right. Which one would you like? Correct. And and the other thing, let's talk about this after this next break. 
because uh, again, you know what? I recorded a, a commercial yeah. on this on these lines, and also did a mortgage minute with uh, Gene Miller on this topic about what does it mean when you give the seller some wiggle room on the appraisal? Because again, I'm saying that is the key. It's not just stress the price. reducer. Yeah, it's well, it'll it gives the seller some breathing room. Like, okay, I'm getting all these bids above asking well it's still got to appraise for that so what if you give somebody ten thousand dollars of wiggle room when you write that offer we'll give you that example when we come back you're listening to the acunet mortgage and realty show on am 620 wtmj getting you into the home of your dreams here's more of the acunet mortgage and realty show with brian wickard on wtmj all right, so what happens if you decide, I am going to give $10,000 of wiggle room to my seller? And what we're talking about here is the appraisal contingency that's part of every offer. And if you just check that box, which 99% of realtors, when I talk to them about this, so mm -hmm. if you're a realtor, listen up. I ask them, have you ever modified the appraisal contingency? No. How, how you can do that? do that? Well, yeah, you can do that. And, and so... Um, you can check that box, and then what you do, though, and let's just use this example. The median sales price last month was two forty-one, two hundred and forty thousand dollars. So let's pretend you're writing an offer, and uh, you're saying, "I'm going to offer you two forty. Yeah. And let's say the place is listed at two thirty. So you're writing ten thousand dollars over. Yeah. And let's say you're putting ten percent down. Okay. Okay. So what happens if you say, oh, I'm going, to I'm going to have my real estate agent modify that language in the standard appraisal contingency, which says the standard language is if the house appraises for one penny less than the accepted offer price of $240, yeah. we, can, we, the buyer, can cancel the contract. Yes. So instead of that, your agent puts in a little extra verbiage in this blank, the many blank lines that says strike at the sales price in the appraisal contingency yes. and write in the number. Two hundred and thirty thousand. Sure. I'm now giving you ten thousand dollars of wiggle room. All right. So what happens if your worst case scenario is that the house does appraise at two thirty? Because if it appraised at two twenty nine nine in this scenario, you could still cancel. Yes. Right. But if it comes in at two thirty, your monthly payment would be twenty three dollars and forty cents more per month. Yeah. That, the exact same. Yeah, yeah, because we're keeping the loan amount the same. So you're the going only from thing... a ten percent down payment to maybe like a seven percent down. Correct. Payment. Got it. Correct. And and so all that's all that's changing is the cost of your mortgage insurance. Everything okay. else stays the same. Yeah. The money that you're bringing to closing stays the same. Huh. The you know taxes stay the same. The principal and interest stays the same. The interest rate stays the same. Sure. Yeah. Same. 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 Oh. $23.40. That number blows people away because it's so small. Yes. They are thinking that some catastrophe is going to befall them if they give wiggle room. Now, on the other hand, while we were on the break, you brought up another scenario of a single uh, woman who's looking to buy a single-family detached home and keeps losing. And the last one that she lost was to somebody who wrote with no appraisal contingency and no home inspection contingency. And so she was asking me via email, and then we ended up having a conversation on that's, that's Thursday. That's extra naked. About going not with, full naked. Not, well. Just a lot. Yeah, correct. Because she wanted to know, how did that, how did the appraisal contingency interact with the financing contingency? Yeah. And her hope for answer was that if 
I gave her a 20% down. So let's say that she wrote um, an offer on a $250,000 house with a $200,000 mortgage. So yeah. that's 20% down. She was hoping that if the appraisal then came in at 225, I would we would be able to deny her loan. No. No. Because the way it works, at least in Wisconsin, is that the financing contingency simply states a loan amount, interest rate, and loan term. Yes. So it says 30-year fixed at four and a quarter uh, for a $200,000 loan. She's so well qualified that I can lend her money if she only has 5% equity. Sure. So it could appraise as low as it two. Appraise two as 10? low as two eleven. Two eleven. And so, she'd have to bring the difference in cash. That's right. Which she was going to do anyway, right? Right. But it wouldn't be paying down the loan. It would be gapping the difference between, between the purchase, the purchase price, price and the appraised value. value. So that's a little bit more risk than I think. She, once I explained it to her, she wanted to take, and I think that a normal person would take. Well, she'd be paying in that example a thirty-nine thousand dollar premium. Yeah. All maybe in a worst case scenario. In an absolute worst case scenario. So, you know, so it's a matter of how confident are you in your opinion or your realtor's opinion of the value of the, value of the home. Sure. And so, you know, you can cap your risk because just remember, if this was, yeah. it's yeah. all about understanding. Well, you're giving your flexibility are. to the seller. That's right. Which giving... is just another layer like, hey, not only am I able to put maybe 10% down, but I can bridge the difference if it comes in $10,000 yeah. less on the appraised value without risking or spiking our deal correct and then the other thing that you can do on the home inspection because gosh on an older home i would never feel comfortable writing without a home inspector inspection unless my dad was still alive because he could fix anything <laughs> basements included <laughs> well you know almost uh, right or if you just said i don't care because i have money to fix any but problem he, that i have but oh, i man. really feel nervous about that so the way you can modify that is by saying, oh, you know what? I'll pay for the first thousand, two thousand dollars of any repairs that are needed on account of the inspection. Hmm. That's a way to give some breathing room. All right, it's, it's time for the news. Uh, we are going to come back, and I've got my tips for getting your home uh, listed for sale here in the spring market. We're going to talk about that. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Remember, if you've got a question or a comment, you can call in on the AccuNet Mortgage or text. AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line at 414-799-1620. So um, I was able to, I was invited to be on uh, WBBM. That's uh, the news station down in Chicago. On Wednesday to talk about um, on their noon business hour. I love that program, by the way. Um, talking about the spring housing market. What should you do to get your home ready to sell? Um, I also happened to listen to another real estate show where they were saying, you know, the market's so hot. If you're an affordable price range, you don't have to do a thing to Bal your house. Baloney. Well, and so I'd like to say, if you want to get top dollar yeah. for your home, here yeah. here are my thoughts and ideas. First of all you got to get your home ready inside and out to be photographed, not by your real estate agent, but by a professional real estate photographer, which will cost you or the real estate agent something like 250 bucks. Worth it. Because uh, my second thing is you got to prep the outside of your home, like mainly the front door area, because that's going to be the second impression. Well, because the first impression is 
what's online. Exactly. Yeah. The first impression is what's online. All right, but so relative to the outside, I mean, who comes in the front door of their house? Not me. Not many people, right? They usually come in through the garage. Mm -hmm. And so, like, park in your driveway and walk up to the front door or maybe have somebody else do it. Invite your friends to walk in your front door. Yeah, or go to somebody else's house and do it for practice. Yeah. Because the things you got to do are rake up those lingering fall leaves, yeah. you know, that are in your flower beds or around there. Trim the bushes, of course, mow the lawn, maybe plant some annual flowers if they're, if yours aren't up yet, you know, put some potted plants yeah. or flowers around the door. For goodness sake, clean off the cobwebs <laughs> and clean the window. If you've got any glass around the door, yeah. sparkle it up. Yes. Um, if it doesn't, if your front door doesn't open or close smoothly, Get it fixed. Or sounding like it's from the Adams family. Right. Oil it up. Uh, if it's faded, you know, or chipping or peeling, paint it or get somebody to paint it or restain it. The front door is kind of important and mm. it's really cheap and it always comes up in the uh, list of things most cost effective return on investment yeah. you can make when you're selling your home yeah. is front door. Um, all right. So that's, that's the front door. Now, relative to the inside. Boy, depending on your price range, either hire a stager, or we know some real estate agents who are also accredited stagers, or go watch some HGTV or on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But the keys are... Your pick, favorite comfy, comfy chair might not be the one you want people looking at while they're walking through your house. Or the too many chairs. Oh. You know. So take out about a third of your furniture. You know, and put it in storage or the garage or something like that. Take down your personal photographs and replace them with non-controversial artwork. Bland. Hmm. Okay? Any wildly colored walls. And Mom, if you're listening, I'll bring this up once again. Mom loves purple. My mother. And so in their condo that they sold like 10 years ago, she had a room that was purple. Hmm. I mean, like Viking purple. Like she's always Prince, lived in Wisconsin. Prince purple. Prince purple. And so we convinced them to repaint not only that room, but the rest of the house as well. To and a nice gr- mauve. Grage is in. Grage? Yeah, that's beige. Gray and beige? Gray, gray beige. Grage. Uh, and this is something almost nobody ever does. I still think it's a great idea. Get a home inspection. If you've lived in that house oh, yeah. five or more years, do you really want to wait around for the buyer's home inspector to tell you, you've got this black substance up in your yeah. you know, attic because you're bathroom upstairs is invented properly spend the 500 bucks or less yeah. on an on an inspection and know all the surprises and fix the stuff before you list it yeah I, amazingly very very few people do that um then as we said get your house professionally photographed yeah if you're pulling paying a full commission ask your real estate agent to do that and believe me i the last two houses i've sold i had a professional real estate photographer do it and it is the difference between looking at fruit at sendex versus aldi's uh, you know. sendex looks beautiful i think they have a makeup artist that comes out and polishes the apples paints up the apples yeah and then they got the light on them and everything like that so um do that and then uh not that there's anything wrong with all these not that there's anything wrong with that one other thing though is don't necessarily feel like you have to go with the picture of your house from the street as your lead-off picture. Remember when we sold our lake house up on yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Cedar? I started with the first picture was a picture of the sunrise. Smart. And then my copy was, you know, wake up to this every morning. Yeah. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's the kitchen. 
you know, because not every's... You don't live outside, you live in the house. That's right. So consider that. Um, when we come back, I've got a couple other tips, and then I'm also going to tell you about how I applied online and got instantly approved with a super flimsy online approval. Uh, tell you both of those stories when we come back. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And let's not forget about David Wickert here. Come on. I'm going, to get him, I'm going to pay that guy five bucks to re-record that someday. I appreciate that. Okay, so... Let It Be, released May 8th, 1970, by the way. That was our lead-in song. What was it called? Let It Be oh, by let the it Beatles. Be. Wow. All right, wow. anyway, go I ahead. I thought that, yeah. All right. Um, so we were talking about getting your home ready and for sale. And my last and most important tip, perhaps, after you get it all dialed up and you have professional pictures taken and you pick the right one for your lead-off picture, because mm-hmm. that is your first impression, Yep. is you got to price it correctly. You know, just because the real estate market's hot doesn't mean you get to be stupid about where you price it. And so greedy about where you price it. Uh, and it and it depends on what part of the market are you in. The best advice I ever got from one of the top agents at Shore West when I when we were about to list our Brookfield home mm-hmm. is go out and look at the competition. For sure. And, and so we actually did. We actually went in some homes. You know, what? I didn't know this. In Brookfield, yep. In the price ranges where we were thinking about listing. You didn't like accidentally know these people, did you? Hey. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Strangers. And, and uh, so then, uh, so then you, because you've got to beat them. You, you're right. You know, that's the field of competition. And if their house is nicer and priced lower than where you were thinking of coming out on the market. Hopefully they sell before you do. Right. You're not going <laughs> to win. Yeah. So you got to know how you fit into the competition. I have a good friend listed their home in Chicago, a suburb of Chicago, which was real estate market isn't quite as hot as southeastern Wisconsin. Yeah. In, I think they listed for like 350. Mm-hmm. They've been sitting on the market. They got no activity mm-hmm. until January. Then they got some offer that they didn't even bother doing the, the inspection. Now they have an accepted offer at 315, 315. Okay. So they went out too high. Yeah. At 350. And they sat. Mm-hmm. And then people begin to wonder, what's wrong with that house? Yeah. You know? So you gotta, you don't want to be greedy. You want to be just right, uh, that Goldilocks listing. And then and then listen to the feedback that you're getting. Once you're out on the market, you know, what are people saying right. when they come through your house? Oh, great house, or, but price or, too high. Or not. Or what are they, you know, what's the criticism that they have? All right. I went out online. Is that what I'm going to tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I decided... Your precarious pre-approval. My precarious pre-approval. I went out, and this is a very large lender um, who sponsors a stadium in yes. the Chicago area. Yeah, not a very so nice So you know one. they're over it. Yeah. So they're, 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 they're right spending your money That's to right. sponsor a baseball team. That's right. And so I just kind of wanted to see what was the state of online instant pre-approvals. Because remember I did that with Rocket Mortgage back in the fall, and I did not get instantly approved. And Which the, is a trademark of Intuit uh, and Rock and Holdings. Long, okay, yeah. And so, so I thought, oh, let me try this other company. And by the way, the reason I didn't get approved online, I believe, uh, was because I appropriately checked the box self-employed. Indeed. Which means complicated income, perhaps. 
right? It needs to be reviewed. It needs to be reviewed. So I do the same thing at this other large company. And Shazam, it was kind of slick. Put in my social security number, my birth date, you know, my address, where do I work? I put Accident Mortgage right on there. I'm the president, I'm the owner. Uh, then it just asked me, how much money do you make? Didn't even have a place for me to put the proper thing like self-employed income. I had to kind of fudge it between a base salary and bonus, I called the other income <laughs> that I make from owning the company. Yeah. And boom, back came my, you're approved. Ah. Just like Ricky Fowler shows on his, except yeah. this is a different company. Yeah. And I, and then the, the letter says, I, I could print out a pre-approval letter, David. I could print out a pre-approval letter and then go with no intervention from a licensed loan officer. Yikes. And then go submit an offer, you know, and somebody's going to rely on that because... You could have told them you were the forward of the Milwaukee basketball team. And that's right. say, yeah, Absolutely. So uh, the story is, it says, you're pre-approved for a residential mortgage loan uh, based upon the financial information you provided in your credit report, and they did manage to rent it through Fannie Mae's desktop underwriter. Great. But here are the conditions. Conditions of this pre-approval must be submitted before we'll actually approve your loan. The flimsy conditions. All income and asset in documents. That is two legs of a three-legged stool. Wait, there's That's more. That's a pogo stick without two em other legs. Employment verification. Hmm. Okay, then the other stuff, the other things are, are normal, except for this broad one. Resolution of any outstanding underwriting conditions. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is flimsy. What do you call it? Precarious. Precarious pre-approval. Pre and folks, this is what most big banks are issuing too. So if you're a seller, you got to beware. Uh, take a look at the pre-approval letter. Right. It's going to say exactly this. We made sure this guy's got good credit and we took his or her word on everything else. Yeah, sounds good. The income and the down payment. Gosh, it, that is so flimsy, and so many people are using those. The difference is the rock solid guaranteed pre approval. We'll, we'll just review that when we come back. Let's do it. And uh, I'll come up with another story. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. So we've been talking about, uh, you know, how to get your home ready for sale. And we've been talking about just recently now the flimsy pre-approvals that are available out there uh, online. Some instantly that allow you to print out your own pre-approval letter with no human intervention. After feeding whatever information you want into That's the right. system. And folks... The problem is rarely with the credit, you know, report. Although I will say this, because wow. I've been thinking, is there a way that we could do the same thing? Should we? And the, a couple of problems come up. Uh, people with student loans that are in deferment, yep. we cannot, which means they have zero payment on those loans. We cannot use the zero payment. No mortgage lender can. We have to use um, the verified payment or 1% of the outstanding balance. So if you've got, you know, 50 grand of student loan out there that's showing up on your credit report with zero payment, uh, we have to use $500 a month as a theoretical Qualif monthly Because you're going to start Qualif paying that back sometime. Right. So that's one thing. And then uh, another thing that can kind of come up sometimes is collections or disputed trade lines. Which does not appear on things like your credit karma Correct. score or maybe one that's on your credit card statement. Yeah, yeah. So really, if you're thinking about buying a $200,000 home, 240000 
don't settle for a flimsy pre-approval where they have not thoroughly taken your application. We have lots of supplemental questions that we ask. Yeah, well, it's dangerous in two ways. One, you you get you think you can afford something, maybe you can't, and then two, imagine if you get an accepted offer and then. As, as, as you're emotionally investing into this place where I'm going to host Mother's Day of 2020 next yeah. year, suddenly you are two weeks in and you don't qualify because I didn't ask you if you were self-employed, Mr. Wickert. Well, I, or, or took a look at your tax returns and found out, oh, you lost money or you didn't take a distribution out of the company right. last year. Right. You know, there can be a lot of problems that way. Or, you know, just stuff like, oh, you changed jobs and, you know, you went from being a salaried person to a commission person. Mm. And you have six months of history doing that. Ooh, that's a problem. Sounds like the details matter. The details super matter. So that's what we're doing with our one-of-a-kind, rock-solid, fully verified, guaranteed pre-approval is we're checking out your income. We're checking out your down payment. We're gathering the information necessary yeah. so that we don't have to say anything like, oh, subject to all the underwriting conditions that might come up. Yeah. We are narrowing it down. We are removing every question or obstacle other than the appraisal yeah. and property condition. Yeah. We got the rest of it nailed. So then you can be out there shopping with confidence. And sellers, you got to be looking at those pre-approval letters. You know, you see big bank, you know, oh, Chase, oh, they're good for it. They're the biggest bank in America. It doesn't matter. Read the pre-approval letter. It's only going to say we verified their credit, and it's still subject to verifying this home shopper's income and down payment. Yeah. Don't you think those things matter? They do. Hmm. That's where it all. That's where the rubber really hits the road. So we're cranking those rock-solid pre-approvals out. We will give you, if you're in a hurry and you just can't get us your documentation, Acunet Mortgage will issue a credit-verified pre-approval. Yeah. But we're also going to ask you, questions about your income and down payment and get that picture mapped out and we won't issue one if if, if there is trouble yeah uh even on the credit verified one it's always best to be thorough when it comes to this and especially in this tight market where there's yeah be confident all right that's about all the time we have on today's show let me give you a quick rate roundup because it's still a great time to refinance we are doing a fair number of refinances indeed so on a two hundred thousand dollar loan with uh excellent credit uh Acuna could offer 4.125 percent on a 30-year fixed with an apr of 4.16 that's just with 995 dollars of loan costs loan costs okay and by the way when i uh, did my pre-approval and got that. They had $1,290 of lender fees. Mm. And then th this was with, uh, I was applying to for a $350,000 30-year fixed rate, putting 40% down, which is the best pricing you can possibly have. Their quoted rate was 4.49. Ouch. And we would have been at 3.99. Mm. Totally a half percent different. Yikes. Between that big national lender now. Sorry, go on. What about on a 15-year fixed? On a 15-year fixed, Acunet could offer 3.99% uh, uh, with, um, oh, you know what? I don't have that right right now. All right. I was going to tell you on a 3.99%, uh, you'd have about $1,900 in cost. So you could choose to invest to get down to that much more attractive 30-year fixed. And rates really are down a little to. bit because of the tariff tantrum going on since the tariff thing isn't i mean the trade talks with china are so 3.875 on a 15-year fixed apr is 3.9 okay so rates are still great uh time to you know 
Do the right thing. Do your homework ahead of time. Eat your vegetables. Get a rock-solid pre-approval, and you can do that, or get a uh, no Social Security number required refi checkup just by clicking on that big blue button, and you'll find that at accunet.com. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.